Hi, my name is Amy Reinecke, and I'm here to help you learn to love your body well. Love Your Body Well is a podcast designed to encourage women to find the beauty in caring for their bodies without obsession, guilt, and shame. We are ditching the perfection mindset and embracing the season of life you are in, all while figuring out what works best for you on your wellness journey. Join me for weekly episodes as we navigate this journey together, and let's start a revolution of women who are focused on wellness while also being compassionate and kind to their bodies. Are you ready to live your body well? Well, we are a couple weeks almost into a brand new year. And I don't know about you, but at the beginning of the year, I always feel like I'm decluttering and like cleaning up my space. I don't know if it's just everything from the holidays. Generally, I am the one who's taking my Christmas tree down like the day after Christmas to try to like clean up my space. I know that some of you probably still have your Christmas trees up, but I don't know. It's something about this time of year. Like we're turning over a new leaf. We're welcoming new things, you know, into our life. And I just kind of want a fresh, clean slate. And I had this idea of talking about like decluttering and like cleaning up our space and how that makes us feel energetically and how that makes us feel as we are thinking about our wellness as a whole. And I got connected to Kate Troyer. And I am really, really excited to share her with you today. She is an intuitive home wellness practitioner and the creator of Home Slice Living. And I think this is going to be a really exciting and fun conversation about what your space means. So welcome to the Love Your Body Well podcast, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I am definitely the person that still has their Christmas tree up. (laughs) (laughs) There are two camps. There are definitely two camps. And I find that hilarious. I feel like over the years, it's gotten more common for people to leave their Christmas tree up for like a couple months. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like to usually by the end of January, mine's down. Although there have been some years that I've left it up longer, but I kind of just go with like what I'm feeling. Sometimes it comes right down, but usually I have it up for at least a couple of weeks. I just, I love the ambiance of the lights and like that feeling. And it's not so much about Christmas for me. It's kind of just like honoring that stillness, right? That having the Christmas tree up with the lights and that that ambiance that they bring, I feel like that's what that stillness is represented in that to me. And I just, I like to hang on to that for as long as possible because, you know, winter is really actually a time when naturally we should be getting still and going within and not being so busy and so crazy. But it's like after the holidays and you've been with your family, our society's like, okay, back to work, let's go. And really, I mean, I, I get that, you know, for some it needs to be like that, but it's really not the way it's supposed to be if we're kind of living in rhythm with nature and how it's supposed to be. So I like to just try and hang on as long as I can. I don't blame you a bit for that. And I think that we definitely need those moments of stillness and those periods of stillness is really what I should mm-hmm. say. And I think that that narrative needs to get a little bit louder that it's okay to have seasons of stillness and seasons of looking within. Over the last year, I've got to interview so many really cool people on the podcast. And we've talked about this in regards to like even your menstrual cycle, like how your menstrual cycle has different phases. And one of that being like kind of like a wintering stage and how that looks different. And like, it's okay if you don't want to go to a social gathering during that part of your cycle and things. So I think that yes, today we're like talking about home, but like really this is just like a feeling in general about 
like how our homes like represent the stage that we're in, whether that's in nature, whether that's in our life. So this is so much more, I want to say, than just about clutter. So I'm sure you're gathering that (laughs) so far with listening that we're probably going to talk a little bit deeper than that today. But Kate, before we really dive in, I would love for you to just tell my community a little bit more about you and how you got introduced to this and interested in this space. Yeah. So if you would have told me about five or six years ago, when I originally started Home Slice Living, that I would be a a feng shui practitioner. I, I like to use like intuitive home wellness, or you'll hear me say intuitive home design, because what I have learned throughout my almost three years of practicing feng shui is that not everybody knows about it. And because there's no reference point for those words in our brain, people kind of go like, put on their earmuffs and say, Oh, what do you do? That sounds so interesting, right? So I've kind of had to get a little creative with how I describe what I do. And then when they go, oh, what's that? I'm like, oh, it's just a fun way to say I'm a feng shui practitioner. (laughs) And it tends to just land a little bit softer. So I originally started my business a little over six years ago as a home staging and design consulting company. And I did extremely well with it very fast. Home staging was not something that I knew. It was kind of something that I picked. And I said, Hey, I have all these real estate contacts. I've been in sales and networking for the majority of, you know, my career. I love home stuff when I was a kid. Like I literally was like seven years old and my literal goal in life was I wanted to grow up and be Martha Stewart. And I realized that maybe wasn't possible, but I said, okay, how can I like apply that to where I'm at in my life? Home staging just kind of like came as an idea. I thought, okay, cool. I'll do that. So that's really what I did. And I grew that business very fastly and very well. And about three years in, I found myself doing really great. I had a couple employees. I had all of my own inventory. Like Things were going very well. I was making money. And out of nowhere, I had one of my employees quit, which was one thing. And two, I was just like not feeling fulfilled. Like It's if anyone listening has or, or has ever owned a home staging company, like it is a lot. It's a lot of things. It's a lot of coordination. It's a lot to be responsible for, which is great, but it's just a lot. Like it's mentally a lot. I was just like, you know, like I'm so great at what I do. My ego loves it, right? Like everybody thinks I'm so great. Oh, it's so great. But I was just like not fulfilled. And I thought, man, like there has to be something more here. So I'm kind of feeling this. I have my employee quit and I'm like, oh, you know, like I've, I've kind of just, I've got to take on more. Do I hire somebody again? Like it took me almost a year to train her, you know, just all of those things. And I'd taken a girl's trip to Florida and this was like girl's trip where we're like, we're getting up at 5 a.m. and doing Dr. Joe Dispenza meditations and like really diving in like deep into ourselves. It was like a very purposeful, like spiritual girl's trip, right? And the second day into our trip, I came out of meditation. I was just bawling. And I was like, I feel so disconnected. Like, what is going on? I just, I know I'm good at what I do, but it's not enough. I don't feel connected to myself. I don't feel connected to spirit. Like, and I would just felt, I just didn't feel good. And synchronistically, I had brought this feng shui manual with me on this trip that I had like, 
bought and printed out years before. I had kind of skimmed through it, but never like read it in depth. So I've always been like aware of the practice and have been interested in it. And I opened it up to read later that day. And there was a little sticky note in it that said, teach this. And I thought, well, that's interesting. It was in my handwriting. And I thought, oh, well, maybe I read this page. And I was teaching realtor workshops at the time. I thought maybe I saw something in here that I'm like, oh, I want to teach this at a workshop. And I kind of was like, okay, that's interesting. But I kind of brushed it off. Later that day, my friends and I went to a metaphysical store. We were getting crystals and, you know, just like all the fun stuff. And my friend comes over. They have a whole section of books on feng shui. And I'm like, oh, interesting. So I go over and I'm just like standing, looking at all the books. And there's so many. And I don't know what I don't know. And there's all these different kinds. So I literally bought every single book that they had. I like walked out with a stack of books. I was like, okay, feng shui, I'm supposed to learn about (laughs) you, right? (laughs) And later that day, we're sitting by the pool and I crack open my first book and it was The Western Guide to Feng Shui by Tara Catherine Collins. And within the first two chapters, I was not only like enthralled with her as a person, I felt very connected to just like how she became a practitioner and just her story in general. And then I was like, wow, like one, I've been doing this since I was a little kid. I had kind of, um, I like to say an interesting childhood. And I always like, again, with kind of the Martha Stewart thing, like I looked up to her because she was always creating an experience within the home with whatever she did. And, And that's really what I admired about her from the time I was very young. And I was always trying to do that within my own space, like my bedroom, basically, or whatever I could control within my household so that my, my upbringing, my household felt normal. I thought, wow, I've been doing these practices or some of them without even knowing it since I was a little kid. Like, and I'm kind of doing some of these things with my clients already. Like, how impactful could I be if I actually like knew what the heck I was doing? You know? Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe this lady, maybe she has a YouTube channel. Like, I just want more information. I want to listen. I want to read. I want like all the things. I couldn't find her on YouTube or anything. But what I did find is that she actually had her own school to get certified as a feng shui practitioner. She actually started the Western School to Feng Shui, which is a form school feng shui practice. So there are, I'll just be light, but there are many different forms of feng shui. So there's classic, there's traditional, there's black sect, there's like many different forms. I am certified in form school. It's a little bit more graceful and more intuitive and much more geared towards the specific client and towards our Western society. It's not as strict. While we have obviously rules that we follow, it's very much though about getting to know the client and getting into their needs and then working with that and what was even more interesting to me was that the you know most of the schooling was online but it ended with an 8-day trip in Sedona which my friends and I that were on the trip together had been talking about planning a trip to Sedona in the fall which was when this was and so literally within 2 days I said I'm getting rid of my staging business even though like it was making me good money. Like I was doing super well with it. But I was like, I just felt so called. And I was so obsessed with from the moment I read about it that I'm like, I can't ignore this. And so I decided to like over the summer, I sold or, you know, kind of 
liquidated my, my inventory and, you know, did all the things and donated things. And, and then I literally like for the next six to eight months, I literally did nothing but study and practice and, and experiment with my own home and clients. And I got certified and that's, it is really, I know that's a long story on how it got started, but I think it, it's meaningful because it's definitely not where I envisioned myself. But at this, like, I now can't imagine like doing anything else. I'm so passionate about it. I love your story. I think it's really cool. And I think it's awesome that you had a nudge and you had a sign and you followed through with it. I think sometimes mm-hmm. we like push those aside because it's not comfortable to follow them. And it clearly took you way out of your comfort zone. And but look at if you wouldn't have like leaned in, I mean, you'd probably still feel unfulfilled. So I mm-hmm. think that's just a great lesson, like in bravery and being courageous, you know. So that's awesome. I'm excited to have you teach about it because I honestly know a little bit about it, but I don't know a ton. So I would love for you, let's just start at a basic level. And Mm -hmm. for the sake of a beginner, what is feng shui? Like, how do you define it? So, you know, one of the reasons I think this has like been part of my mission is to like come at this from a more easy to apply and understandable level because I believe that's why it is not popular. Because like when I'm going through school, I'm like, okay, like all my clients are like, do you watch HGTV? Like everyone's obsessed with everything on HGTV, right? And wellness is a buzzword. And to me, a feng shui practice is basically like this wellness practice for your home and body. I was like, why isn't this more popular? And I, I realized it's because it's just, it's not talked about from this like practical standpoint. Mm-hmm. So the way that I personally like to define it is one, I will say on one hand, it's like a wellness practice for your home, right? It's something that you are doing every day. It's literally an awareness that your space is a mirror slash extension of you and more importantly of your subconscious. So if we think about how, you know, your body, like I personally believe that your body is the manifestation of your subconscious, right? If you've read books, like the body keeps the score and all of that, like trauma is stored in the body because it is a manifestation of the subconscious. I believe that your home is an extension of that. And I believe at least what my personal practice did for me and what I do with some of my clients is especially, you know, those that have also gone through traumas, especially in childhood, use the home to kind of connect them back to their body. So it's really this extension of you. And when you just have, you know, whether you want to dive deep or work with a practitioner or anything like that, just having this awareness that your home is a mirror slash reflection of you is huge for people. Because then they start to say, Oh, well, if this is a reflection of me, you know, what do we got going on here? Right? Yeah. And I think just giving people to like that permission to think about why their home is a reflection of them makes a really huge difference. So I would define it in two ways to just kind of recap. One, it's a daily kind of practice, the habits and routines that you do within your home to support your life and serve you and make your life easier is one aspect of it. And the other aspect of it 
is this awareness that anything that you have gone through, you are going through, or that you are expecting to go through in your life in the future is showing up in your space. So I would define it as those kind of two things from my personal point of view. I mean, I can also get into like, what does feng shui mean and translate to? But I find that like, that's not as important as like what we're doing with feng shui. Hello, 2024. I am so excited for a new year. So much so that I couldn't think of a better way to start it out than by gifting you something. I know that Christmas is over, but January is a month of new beginnings. And that is what I want for you this year. I want to gift you my Love Your Body Well ebook for free. All you have to do to get it is visit the link in the show notes to sign up to receive it. This ebook was designed for you to take a look at where you are currently in your wellness journey and commit to starting fresh, but this time with kindness at the heart of it. I want you to be able to tune into your body and learn how a healthy mindset, nourishment, and habits lay the foundation for you to be able to love your body well. There are interactive worksheets for you to journal where you are and where you want to be. And I hope this small, simple step lights a spark within you to focus this year on being compassionate and kind to your body. Click the link in the show notes to grab the ebook today for free. Right. I think it's a great definition. And I think it gives us some food for thought. As you're talking, I'm like looking around my house and like there are certain things I know that I do every day. There are certain things that like drive me crazy. Like if they're not done, they drive me crazy. You know, Mm -hmm. like they need to be done or I want this to feel a certain way. So I think as women, especially we can relate to that. We can relate to like how our home makes us feel in different in different ways. So when someone reaches out to you and says, you know, I want to feel more at peace in my home. I, I don't mm-hmm. want to feel the stress here. What is like a place that you begin with people? Like if they want to like introduce this, where do you begin with them? Oh God, that's such an interesting question. It depends on the client. I hate to like say that, but it really does depend on the client, how open they are. If they, some people will come to me and they're like, I need this fixed or I need to feel different and I need to feel it like yesterday. So if that's the case, we'll do a full, what I call home wellness consultation, which is basically where we're starting with their personal life, past, present, and future goals, right? So we're talking about trauma or things that have happened. Like we go through a whole, phase of of questions that are only related to their personal life. And we start there. And then we move through their home to see how we can connect these personal things with what's showing up in their space so that they can physically make that connection. Right. And then they have the choice on whether they, you know, I'm there. I never see this as like, I hate to hear anyone that is in a any type of personal development space because that's really what I do whether it's you know with home design or not and I do have like just design consulting things that I do from a feng shui perspective it's much lighter right but what I do the most and what I'm so great at is really connecting people back to their space so I'm so weary of anyone that says like, I can fix you or I have the answers or work with me and like, this will be fixed. Like, because it's really not true. I can give them knowledge and awareness and I can empower them. And I'll ask the hard questions like, 
I've had a client recently, I think this would maybe be a good example. We went through their questionnaire. Some things came up about personal relationships and business relationships and how what happens often is that they don't get treated very well. And instead of standing up for themselves, they're so empathetic that they say and understanding that they say, you know what, I understand why this person is treating me this way. So I'm going to allow that to happen because I, I am more emotionally intelligent and I can understand it. So like, I'm just going to let it happen, even though it makes me feel awful. So we discussed that first, right? And then we're moving in their home and I'm looking at some artwork and there's this artwork and it's like kind of this picture of this boy and the eyes are kind of blacked. It's just a, a very interesting piece. And I, my favorite thing is tell me about this. Tell me about this. And the first things out of their mouth were, well, I always buy artwork that makes me uncomfortable and I study it until I feel okay with it. And I said, oh my gosh, we just talked about this with how you approach all the relationships in your life and what you allow. And their jaw like dropped to the floor and they're like, oh my God, yeah. And I'm like, so do you see how we attract the physical manifestations into our space to reaffirm our patterns and habits that we've had from when we were young. Now you have to decide, are you going to keep this piece of artwork? Now that you're aware and you know, and you've made the connection, are you going to continue to make yourself uncomfortable? Or are we going to start to put in the harder work into ourselves and, you know, take power over our life and say, okay, you know, it's time to get rid of this and think about what we're putting in our home. And so that's kind of, I know it's like a very long way to explain it, but I think sometimes like giving these examples, especially with this type of deeper practice for people that just don't are like, okay, I get it. But so many people, if they do, you know, are aware of feng shui, it's like, oh, well, it's like the energy flow and moving your furniture, which is totally true. But that's like, for me, that's like surface level stuff, right? Like, okay, let's move some furniture. That's not that big a deal to me, you know? That's what I thought it was. If you Mm -hmm. want me to be completely honest, like that's all I thought that feng shui was. Like I knew it had something to do with like the energy of your home and things like that. Yeah. To me, it was more like put it in this way to make it feel better in your home kind of thing. But I didn't really realize that it impacted or I guess was a mirror to like what you're feeling Mm -hmm. inside. Even though I think that that's a really common thing when we think about wellness in general when we think about our finances, when we think about how we're fueling our body or how we're moving our body, I think that when one area feels really off kilter or really cluttered or really messy, I think that when if we really take a step back and look, a lot of our areas feel like that. And when we have a little bit more structure and we feel like we have a little bit more control over what's going on, and I don't mean control in a restrictive way or anything like that, but like you just feel like at peace, I guess is the word that would probably fit there better when you feel at peace with like your financial choices and where you're at, like if you're flowing freely there, if you feel at peace in your home, if you feel at peace with the food on your plate or the way that you're moving your body, then I think that that like that flows. So let's Mm -hmm. kind of dive into this idea of clutter because I think at the beginning of a new year, that's what a lot of us are, are experiencing in our home. And I always feel like winter is this time to like I don't know. It's like a clean slate. I don't know if it has to do with the snow, mm-hmm. or, you know, if you're somewhere that it snows or whatever, but we also spend more time in our homes. And so I think we have more time to focus 
on like what is our environment like. So what is your definition of clutter? How do you define that? Yeah. Well, I love that you asked this because it's one of my favorite things to answer and talk about. So my definition of clutter is anything that you don't love, that you don't use, and it doesn't serve a purpose. So like the pile of mail that builds up over the week or two weeks because you've got stuff going on or the everyday mess because like you're a human and you live your life or the fact that like, you know, your home's a little more chaotic because you just started a business or you just went back to school or yada, yada. Like that's not clutter. That's life. Mm -hmm. Right. And there are routines, right. For life to help your home serve you better, but that's not clutter. To me, let's say that your home, it's not like there's stuff everywhere, but there's a lot of things in your home that you don't love, like your dining table, your rug under your sofa, this artwork, like that to me, if you can look around and be like, I hate that, I hate that, I hate that, that makes me feel gross, like whatever, that's clutter to me. Because anything that clutters your home that is like this reminder of like, I don't like you, I hate you, I hate the way this looks. That's a constant reminder to yourself, right? It's clutter in your mind, which I think is more important. So Bob Proctor has this saying that when I heard it years ago, I think it was even before I started doing this, I wrote it down and I would talk with clients about this is I release the thoughts and things that clutter my mind. That's kind of an affirmation that you could say to yourself. I wanted to bring that up because I think that's a great thing while you are decluttering or you're going through things in your home right now. It's a great mantra to use. It's a great affirmation to use. It's a good thing to remind yourself of not just getting rid of things to get rid of them. I'm getting rid of things because I want to release them. And Mm -hmm. I want to make a deeper intention with this. I want to release the things that are not only cluttering my home, but are cluttering my mind, right? Because, you know, it's universal law that if we don't have space for new things to occupy, we don't get the new things. Like we have to create a space for the good that we desire. And if we're not willing to make space for for new things, and th- that can be physical things, but more often than not, it's it's not physical things, right? It could be more money. It could be more clients. It could be a better relationship. It could be a new relationship. It could be new friendships. It could be anything that we desire. You know, if I look around somebody's home and I just see... And again, it it doesn't mean that it's dirty or that there's like gross stuff everywhere. But if every wall and every corner and everything is filled with something, you might be asking for the thing and you might be physically doing all the things you think you're supposed to do to get that thing. But energy says, I don't have anywhere to go, right? And if we believe that our home is a physical mirror of what's going on inside us, We don't have any room in our home. We don't have any room internally, which means we're not getting the thing or we'll get little bits and pieces of the thing, Mm -hmm. right? We won't get the full manifestation. And I think that's why it's so important to also think about clutter that way, right? Like it's not just like this pile of stuff. Like it could be, it could be a pile of stuff that sat there for, you know, a few months or a couple of years. Like it could be that. But I think it's so beneficial to talk about it in the way of anything we don't love, don't use, or doesn't serve a purpose. Because a lot of people, especially people that are into mindset and into wellness, they don't have these like awfully cluttered homes, right? Or what we traditionally think of clutter being. And they're looking around like, well, I don't have clutter. Like my home looks nice. You know, things are whatever. 
But when they hear, oh, it's anything I don't love. Oh, it's something, it's anything I don't use. Oh, I actually have a lot of that, right? So it puts this like completely different spin on it. And I think especially again, for someone who is already into wellness and it's taking those steps in other areas of their life, it gives them this ability to say, okay, what is here that isn't serving me, that isn't serving a purpose that I can let go of in order to make room for the new. And that to me is like what winter is about. Like you were kind of saying, Mm -hmm. you know, you're like, I kind of want to like purge. And it's like winter is when we go inward and we say, okay, what do I want to release? What's working for me? What's not working for me? What do I want this new year to bring? I, you know, like many other more spiritual practitioners, like spring is the new year. It's not winter. Winter is like where we go in and things quiet down and we get into stillness. Spring is when we're like, okay, let's go. Things start growing and we're jumping into action. So it's like winter is kind of that time to prepare for that, which is why you usually kind of feel this like nesting kind of energy, right? Yeah, for sure. I think that I mean, I always feel that way. I told you that before we hit record that I feel like this time of year, I like I'm always going through the kids clothes. I'm always going through mine. I'm always like making sure that just the house doesn't feel so overwhelming. And I think that overwhelm and I don't have necessarily a cluttered home either. I do have three kids. So I think that that definitely plays a role with how much control we do have over our home a little bit. 100%. But I think that it is asking us, like, do we really need these things? Like, what's the purpose of this being in our home? I love what you shared there by saying, I release the thoughts and things that clutter my mind. And I'm going to use this for the sake of, I know who a lot of my listeners are. And a lot of women who listen to this podcast have some sort of tumultuous relationship, either with food, their body, or both. And whether they've been through that or whether they're going through that, whether they're healed or whether they're in the healing process, I think that's a real thing. And I'm going to use a very like tangible example of the clothes in your closet. And I'll let you give some light to this. But I know that like I have clothes in my closet that I either don't fit in right now or they are too big for me right now. And either way it is, it doesn't feel good. So share your thoughts on this. And we're going to use that as an example because I do think that women struggle with this. Yeah, this is really great. And I want to say that I want to preface this with, I practice this, something that's really important to me and has always been important to me since I got into this was that I didn't want to be the person that went to school and regurgitated what I learned. Like I really, it's so important to me to practice what I preach, Mm -hmm. right? And I just want to say that because often when I talk about the closet and what I'm about to say, People are like, okay, like, of course you can say that, right? But I promise you I do it and I will give a a real life example of this. So if you are holding on to something that doesn't fit you, whether it's too big or it's too small, you need to get rid of it because it's promoting a lack mindset in one way or the other, right? Well, I'm holding on to this in case I get bigger and I don't want to have to go buy all new clothes, right? Well, there you are expecting that at some point you are going to get bigger. You are literally creating, right? So a friend of mine and I like to say, you either believe you create your own reality or you don't. There's really no in between. And that's not easy to always stay in that belief that we create our own reality. We're human, me included. But it's to me, that's 
fact, right? We either believe it or we don't. So if you believe or you want to believe that you create your own reality, that means you create it fully. So if you don't want to gain weight, why would you hang on to clothes that are too big for you? Just in case, right? And then if we're holding on to just, again, holding on to things in general that we can't wear right now in the present moment that don't make us feel good about ourselves, it's a lack mindset because we're like, oh, if I get bigger, if I get smaller, if I get this, if I get that, I don't have the funds to go ahead and buy the wardrobe that I need. And I know that this sounds very easy to say, you know, but Mm -hmm. I will say that I personally practice this in my life. So I ended a five-year relationship earlier this year at the beginning of 2023, moved into my own place. Literally, I had lost a lot of weight because I was actually starting because of my practice was really starting to take care of my personal body along with my home body and all those things. But I was hanging on to all these clothes. They didn't fit me. They weren't me anymore. Like I moved in, I put all these clothes in my closet. I just stood back and I'm like, I hate all of this. But I was like, but right now, like I just moved in by myself. Like I'm literally like, this is all my income right now. You know, I can't afford to go buy new clothes. Like I just can't. And I said that for a few weeks. And then one day I was like, Kate, you have to practice what you preach. I have literally told clients before, like, oh, well, if you don't have any clothes, like you probably won't go naked for long, right? Like you'll figure it out or the universe will help you or like whatever. And I'm like, I've literally told people that before. I've said that in a workshop. I've said that to clients. Like I have to practice what I preach. And I literally got rid of probably 80% of my closet. I have still not replaced all of it. Yeah. I literally, for a while, I just didn't have the funds to. And I was like, well, like it's, I guess you're going to get creative with what you have. Or if I had an event or something really special, I would go buy something for that. And then that, that, or those pieces got added into my wardrobe. Right. And it was like, and it taught me something. One, not only like that I'm very committed to what I'm saying, but I believe in what I'm saying. And also that sometimes it's okay to put ourselves in a place where we're uncomfortable so that we can get creative. Because, you know, especially in our society, like we want everything to be so easy on us, especially when we're not feeling super great. We're like, oh, well, we just, you know, I don't want to add that stress to my life. I think it's important for me to share that because like I've gone through that too. And I have definitely... I can very much resonate with the body issues because of the, you know, it's something that my personal feng shui practice has helped me with because I've, for the first time in my life, live in my body because of some traumas and things that happened when I was a child. A couple of years ago, I was like, oh, hey, I actually have never lived in my body ever. I didn't even know that was a thing mm-hmm. until I started this practice and I found this subconscious connection with the body in the home. And I was like, Oh, this is what it's like to live in your body. What? I have gone up and down in weight like my whole entire life. I have kept it on in certain places because of trauma. You know, I've stored it in my body. And so I know, I know what that's like. And I've been that person up until this year, earlier this year that has always kept the smaller clothes, kept the bigger clothes, kept the in-between stuff, like, and has just bought more when I'm feeling good about my body, 
to then only be like, oh, it's time for me to like break out my fat pants because I just gained 20 pounds out of nowhere and because Mm. I'm miserable or whatever. But that was so much because I wasn't actually physically connected to my body. So once that piece, and that's still a practice for me every day, that it's not just like, whoa, oh, it's done, you know, like that's a everyday practice for me still. But it's something that for me getting rid of all that stuff that wasn't me that didn't feel like me that didn't fit me, whether it was big or small or whatever, was so freaking liberating. Because I was able to make space for this new version of me to even like have a chance of existing. But I think that's the question about all of this right now, like, as you're thinking about how your space makes you feel is are you allowing space for the version of you that you want to come to light? Are you making space for her? Yeah. Or are you telling yourself that there is no space for her? I can't or it'll be too hard or those are narratives that we all have said. I'm definitely not saying that like you're wrong for having them. I want to normalize that. But I think there comes a point that we ask ourselves, is it more uncomfortable to stay where I am? Or is it more uncomfortable to try to work towards who I want to become? And I know that this today's episode is about like your home and you're, you're probably listening to this. If this is your first kind of like dose, like what? Like I had no idea this was so connected, you know, but I think it's true. Like I think that we have to look at our environment in general. And I think that that goes for the relationships that we're in, who we're surrounded by, what our home feels like, the kind of job that we're in. I think it can look like a lot of things. And when we really just like tune in and that's a scary process. It is because you might not like what you hear. You are most likely not going to like what you hear or see, right? That's the thing. It's like, where I was talking about clients, like I can bring you the awareness, but you have to decide what you want to do with it, right? Because it is like, yes, we can move some things around in your home and like decluttering, great. Like moving some stuff around, getting rid of stuff. That's great, right? And that's probably what people expected to hear on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I never expected, like when I started this journey with feng shui, like, yes, I went a little bit deeper than just the like, oh, yeah, we'll move some energy and whatever. But like, what it has done for me personally is why I am so obsessed and so passionate about it and why I want to take it deeper, like we're doing today, because like, it really can be that powerful. And it's like, For some reason, I think, especially for those of us who have went through some traumas in our life, it's a little bit easier to work through something in a physical space rather than just be turned inward, kind of fighting with these, you know, shadows or demons that like we can't see. And when we can see the physical manifestation somehow in our space, because we just have this new awareness, right? And it's like these little nuggets, like I'm constantly like, Oh, I just noticed that in my space. Oh, I saw that that was here. And I'm like, Oh, let's unpack that. Right. It's just an awareness. And once you know, you can't unknow it. Mm -hmm. But like you're saying, it's up to you. Do you want to stay where you're at? Or do you want to go through the kind of like if to get where you want to go? And you have to go through the if to get there. So yeah. And I think that 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 goes for just a lot of different things and, and wellness. It's not just just this space. And also knowing that just because you listen to this podcast today doesn't mean that right now is your time either. Like there's a seed that's planted today, like yes. a recognition, yes. like, okay, 
maybe you leave this podcast and the only thing that you're willing to take away from it today is, oh, my home is a manifestation of what might be going on inside me. Period. That's it. Like you don't need to do anything else right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe just sit with that. Maybe as you walk into your kitchen and you just start asking yourself a question like, what do I feel like this room says about me? And just honestly, I, I say this so often and I mean it in so many different ways. I think you can take it so many different ways. But I often say, come home to yourself. And how can you do that? And how can you tune in with yourself? And I I recognize, like I've said, that can feel a little like unnerving and a little scary to hear like, what are you really feeling? What is the story you're really telling yourself? What is your space really saying to you? And I think just leaning into that a little bit, whether you take that like really deep and really far is one thing, or whether you just ask yourself that simple question, what is this mm-hmm. saying about me today? And have it be out of a place of curiosity and non-judgment. That is yes. also really important. Just get curious with your space so you can then get curious with what's really going on. I love that. Just get curious because that's so true. And I feel like that's that's a conversation that I have so often. Like there's no right or wrong. And and that's why it's like to me, it's like a home wellness practice, home wellness over and and feng shui over design. Like the two meet. But like it's so much more important to just get curious about your space. There's no right or wrong. You know, I think one of the biggest things that that feng shui can give someone is you know, first there's awareness and then comes learning your intuition. And for anyone that struggles with tapping into their intuition or, or feeling connected, you know, to themselves, I think being curious about your space is a really great way and a non-harmful way to play around with that. Okay, you know what? I love this picture, but I've never liked it here. Okay, great. Where might you like it? Move it around. Mm-hmm. Put it in here and set it on the floor, set it up here, move it over here. Like until you step back and you go, oh, it feels good there. And that's you learning to trust your intuition. That's you learning to listen to that voice inside you that's going to help guide you. And you can do it through this very harmless way of just playing around and being curious about your home. Yeah. And I think that's like a really powerful and on the simpler side. Right of the of a feng shui practice or just you know having a, a new awareness in your space, like what it can bring you is just really just getting more in touch with yourself. It should be fun. It shouldn't be like, oh my god, like what if I move this here and it's bad feng shui and it's just like, how does it feel? Does it feel bad? Then does it work for you? Right? Yeah. Like, does it feel good? Then it's probably good. Like, there's you know, it doesn't need to be this strict and you know thing that like feels bad it Mm -hmm. should feel good and you should have fun with it i don't know about you but meal planning doesn't always come easy to me and it's one of the main things that can contribute to stress reduction around meals throughout the week doing it on your own can feel overwhelming i totally get it that's where the peas and hoppy meal planning membership comes in with over 800 dietitian approved recipes that can be customized to your dietary needs, this is the solution we've been waiting for. Every week, you'll get a pre-planned seasonal menu with 10 fresh meal ideas. It also creates your grocery list, which is a huge time saver. Not only are you supported with your meals, but also with the Peas and Hoppiness community that was founded by registered dietitian Ann Kent, who is an amazing resource. 
I am so excited to offer you a two-week free trial to join this amazing community and meal plan service. All you need to do is click the link in the show notes, and I promise that you won't regret simplifying your weekly meals. That is such an important idea. That's an important thought because I think that we think that in order to get what we want, it has to feel bad or wrong or restrictive or something. Like we've just kind of been conditioned to believe that. As people are listening to this, they might have thought, like, oh, I'm. I feel like I read something like your bed is supposed to be like in a weird, like kind of cockeyed, whatever. I don't even know. Like when I think about feng shui, I always am like, is my bed like really supposed to be like in the middle of the room or whatever that was that one time? But really what it is, is like leaning into that intuition and your own voice. And like, what is it saying? We were gifted an intuition. Like that that's a gift that we got. And I think we're told to like shut it up. And that's such a disservice to, I think, showing up in our life and being able to like lean into who we are because we're so worried that, you know, somebody might not like it or it might make somebody else uncomfortable. But like when you truly are looking around your home, looking in your space or like thinking about your wellness routine in any other aspect, is it life giving to you? And if the answer is no, then maybe that's a goal for 2024 is how can I connect more to my space? How can I feel more connected to feel at peace? Because if we don't feel peace within ourselves, we're not going to feel it anywhere. We're going to feel that discontentment in our job. We're going to feel it in our home. We're going to feel it in our relationships. If we're at war with ourselves and we can't learn to trust ourselves, it literally bleeds into every aspect of our lives. 100%. And that's where it's like, I think you can use your home as like that foundation for safety, right? Mm -hmm. Like that foundation to cultivate this safety within yourself, this comfort to play around with your space, to play around with your intuition, to play around with your awareness. Like, what are you going to mess up? It's just a space, right? You can hang a picture a thousand times. Like the worst that's going to happen is like, you've got too many holes in your walls. That's a pretty simple fix. You know, like we're so afraid, like, you know, move the pillows from your couch to your bedroom or vice versa. Or, you know, like you're not going to ruin anything. Like people are so like, like you were kind of saying, like, there's a right way or this has to feel wrong Mm -hmm. or bad or da, 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 da. Like, are there things in feng shui that are like typically, you know, "Eh, we don't really want to do that. Sure. But for the most part, if you're just playing around, if you're just starting to get connected to yourself, to your space, don't worry about the bad. Worry about how it makes you feel. That is like my number one. Because to me, any practice that you implore in your life for your wellness should empower you. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't make you feel stuck. It shouldn't make you feel scared. It shouldn't make you feel like, oh, you know, I don't know what to do. What do I do this? Do I do that? Like you shouldn't feel like that. You Mm -hmm. should feel empowered. So if you're trying a practice or you're working with someone that's not making you feel empowered, it might be something to also evaluate, you know? That's the point to me of wellness is empowering oneself. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good note to end on. Absolutely. Kate, I know that people are listening and they're likely going to want more information about how they could maybe take some small baby steps to maybe implement this into their lives. How can they get connected with you to learn a little bit more about this? Yeah. So if you go to my website, homesliceliving.com, 
there's some different resources there along with, you'll see we have different services. I not only work with clients locally in Ohio and South Carolina, but I work with people all over the country virtually. I speak at events, at workshops, at retreats, at all of those, you know, all of those kinds of things. So, and I offer many different things. Like we talked about that whole wellness consultation, which is a pretty big deep dive, right? But I also offer like hourly consulting services. You'll see it on my website as intuitive home design services, but it's also, I have people use it to like, hey, let's just connect with my home. Let's talk about, you know, let's just get on the phone and talk about, you know, these issues that we're having, so on and so forth. And like I said, there's other resources and things like that on my website. If you're on social, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok under Home Slice Living and Feng Shui Kate. Instagram and TikTok, I think, are Feng Shui.kate. And then everything else is kind of like Home Slice Living. I'm probably most active on TikTok and YouTube right now, but you know, that could always change. I feel like there's so many things, right? That we're just trying to keep up with all of them. But you know, you can kind of like, step some baby toes in and, and maybe get a little bit more acquainted with me and and kind of how I see things in my personal practice as well there. I will put all of those links in the show notes so you can get connected to Kate easily and hopefully just take this into the new year just very, very curiously without judgment. And I hope that this episode just has you asking some questions about how your space makes you feel and if you feel called to make any changes. Thanks for listening today. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Love Your Body Well podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review and let me know what resonated with you the most. This helps more people connect to the show and allows me to continue encouraging women just like you. I love when you share episodes that impacted you on social media or with your friends and family. It truly helps spread the word of compassion and kindness that all women need more of. I invite you to continue the conversation with me on my blog, loveyourbodywell.net, or on Instagram at loveyourbodywell. Thank you for being here today. I know you have a lot of podcasts to choose from, and I'm honored that you listen to mine. This podcast is for informational purposes only and not intended to provide a diagnosis or replace medical care.